0: what is going on everyone casey adams here welcome back to the rise of the young podcast on today's episode we have skylar gray here with us skylar gray is an american singer and songwriter and she actually worked with eminem for over 10 years and two of her biggest hits include i need a doctor with dr dre featuring eminem and Love the Way You Lie, featuring Rihanna. So if you don't know those songs, I'm going to go ahead and play you a 15-second snippet before we get into the episode. So with that being said, here we go. Just gonna stand. So I'm sure you know that song, and that was featuring Rihanna, but this is actually Skylar Gray's voice in the song I Need a Doctor with Dr. Dre featuring Eminem. That being said, here we go, 15 seconds. Alright, so those are the two songs that I wanted to play for you guys before we get into the episode Just to make you more familiar with who Skylar Grey is And with that being said, please do me a favor and share this episode with a friend Post it on social media, tag myself, tag Skylar Grey And let's dive into the episode today's podcast is brought to you by viral style viral style provides a concrete solution for individuals who are looking to start an apparel brand including clothing accessories or decor instead of wasting thousands of dollars in upfront costs viral style can have you up and running for free viral style is a platform for anyone including marketers artists musicians and influencers Viral Style has been recognized by Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in 2019. To learn more about Viral Style, go to www.viralstyle.com and become a seller today. Again, that's www.viralstyle.com to learn more. Now, let's get into the episode. All right. What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we have Skylar Gray on the show. Thanks so much for coming on, Skylar. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, first off, I want to say that I'm a huge fan of not only your music, but I know... You worked with Eminem for over 10 years and I'd love to start there because that's such an iconic, not only figure, but to be able to collaborate with someone at that level for so long, you've not only built an amazing career, but I'm sure you've learned many lessons through that. But for everyone that doesn't know where your music journey started, I'd love for you to touch on that.
1: Okay, man, my my music journey has been a very long one. Uh, I started performing with my mom when I was six. So it's um, like all I've ever known, never really had a real job other than music, um, aside from like, you know, the occasional two week stint at a restaurant and then <laughs> hating it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I started making music really young. And then um, I I think I discovered Eminem's music when I was like 12 or 13. Okay. I'd have to do the math to be sure, <laughs> but a ride right around there. Yeah. I heard the song Stan. That was like my favorite song ever. And, you know, I had to like hide the album from my parents and not let (laughs) them know I was listening to it because it was a little bit out there (laughs) for for a 12 year old. But I was obsessed with it. I just thought like it was so creative and um, ballsy. And I also loved the, the like juxtaposition of his rapping with Dido's voice. And hearing that was a huge inspiration to my entire career.
0: Very
1: cool. Um, I was just like, I can do that. Like, I want to I wanna do that someday, yeah. you know, from that time. And so then I think, like, I, I mean, I, I went on tons of different musical journeys. Like, um, I dropped out of high school, moved to L.A. when I was 17. Wow. Um, I performed with my mom since the time I was a kid uh, till I was about 14. I think that's when I went solo from her we had like a duo yeah. and then I, I went solo and then yeah, moved to LA when I was 17 and um, man, I was like in all different genres of, of music. I, I was doing musical theater and folk music and whatever I could get my hands on. It was just like a sponge. I just wanted to, to soak it all up. Yeah. Um, but I think subconsciously the whole time I was like manifesting wanting to work with Eminem okay.
0: from an early <laughs> you know, age
1: from an early age. And then, um, uh one day it it finally happened
0: yeah you know, I think I was, how did you guys how did you and eminem meet
1: um well so my my music journey had definitely some rough spots in it and um this came out of a, the roughest spot i'd ever been in which is you know i moved to la got a record deal when i was you know 17 18 and then uh I had a little success with a song called where'd you go um which was my first experience in like working on a rap song yep. um and then my whole career kind of fell apart after that wow uh yeah because I had this record deal but um and I had this hit song with Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park you know and it was a big it was like a number two song uh but then I didn't know what to do with that like I didn't know how to follow up that um moment yeah with like you know how to snowball it you know and so uh, I learned a lot of really hard lessons during that time but I like lost my record deal lost wow. my management lost my lawyer like lost my boyfriend
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it was you... just
1: like the world took a big shit on me
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think what was the catalyst from that? Cause you know, you said you had a number two song. How did it, how did it go from number two song to falling apart?
1: Um, because I didn't know anything about like marketing or anything like that at the time. All I did was make songs. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I didn't really have a good understanding of the business yet. I was okay. very young, you know? And so <clears throat> I think I just, I didn't know how to handle the success of that song and how to like turn it into something yeah. for me. Like I didn't attach my name to it enough. I, you know, it was, it was a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I didn't seize the opportunity the way that I could
0: have. Okay. And that was right after you signed. And that was one of the first hits you had and, or what, what age were you during that time?
1: I think I was 19 or 20 when I had the hit Um, and then everything kind of fell apart over the next few years and you know I I got kind of stuck in a situation where I was signed to a label but like there wasn't much support there anymore and I was just like what am I doing I can't release music anymore I felt kind of trapped Um, but finally that got worked out and I had, but I, I was broke and I had to leave LA. It was just too expensive for me to keep living there. And, um, it was also just depressing because I felt like a total failure. And so I left and I moved to a cabin in the woods in Oregon. Wow. Uh, by myself, I was 22 or 23 and, uh, I just disappeared from the industry, not permanently. I, I just knew that I needed to like take a step back and remember why I even got into music in the first place and like find my love for music again. Yeah. And so I had this vision of just being alone in the woods with a studio, you know, and just creating music without anybody's opinions, without yep. the business getting in the way and just kind of like find that romance again. Cause when I was a kid making music, I remember sitting at the piano all night for hours, singing my heart out and it just felt so good. And then at that point in my career, I was like making this music and it didn't feel good. It, it wasn't yeah. fun anymore, you know? So I had, to, I had to find that romance again. And out of that came Love the Way You Lie. So while I was in this cabin in the woods, um, I reached out to the only person I had left in my corner. She was my publisher. Okay. And I hadn't, I hadn't spoken to her in years, but she was the only person that was like still technically on my team. And I reached out to Jennifer and I just said, Hey, like, I need to figure out a way to make a living in music. I have to, it's the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. Can you help me? And what are people doing right now? What do people need? Like, I, you know, I told her my, one of my biggest dreams since I was a kid was to like work with rappers and, and do hooks for rappers. And she was like, well, we just signed this guy, Alex, the kid, a big producer. Um, and he's up and coming. Uh, I'm going to connect you guys so he, she connected us over email and we just went back and forth uh, over email and I recorded the the hook to lovely lie to wow. one of his tracks that he sent and uh, and uh, literally a month after that it was the number one song
0: that is insane <laughs> wow so it just turned around like that not saying turn around but going from this I wouldn't say depressed, but you separated yourself, you moved out of LA and then you write this song, pouring your heart out. And then that's when just so much success started pouring in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty wow. much when I stopped really listening to everybody else and when I just fell back in love with music is when I had the most success. Wow.
0: So with Love the Way You Lie, how did your life change after that moment?
1: It was a wild ride. Uh, I came back to LA. Okay. <laughs> I just felt like, okay, I'm gonna seize the opportunity this time, <laughs> you know? Uh, not gonna mess up like I did with Where'd You Go? And so I took opportunities writing for people and doing more hooks like I did. I needed a doctor for Dr. Dre. That was actually the first time I met Eminem. So like uh, Lovely Light, obviously I did that for my cabin in the woods. Yep. Um, and actually, everybody who worked on that song, we were all in different cities while that song was created. No, none of us were in the same room together. Rihanna was in Dublin. Eminem was in Detroit. Alex was in New York. So it happened over the web. And but after that, and it was so successful, and um, invited Alex and I to come to Detroit to work uh, with Dre. And so then I Need a Doctor came out of that. We performed it on the Grammys in two thousand. 11, I think. Okay. Yeah. The 2011 Grammys. Um, which was crazy. Cause like that's another that thing I manifested from childhood perform, performing at the Grammys. and I mean,
0: yeah. Working with Dr. You know, Dre, with Dr. Dre and Eminem.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like,
0: what? Yeah. Like crazy. what did you, what did you learn from that experience and what was going through your head during that time?
1: It was all really surreal, but you know, what was really going through my head. And I think this is just because I'm, I've always been really hard on myself as in anything that I do, whether it's school, academics, whatever, I'm always trying to like strive for perfection. Um, it caused me to actually think that like now I've, I've peaked and wow. like, yeah, it, I actually got a little depressed about it. Um, also because people were reaching out constantly to have me write songs for them. And I felt like I had to deliver on the same level every time. I had to deliver another Love the Way You Lie. It had to be just as big a hit. And when it wasn't, I beat myself up. Wow. So it, it was like a lot of pressure I put on myself. Yeah, no,
0: that's that's interesting perspective. The song, I Need a Doctor, one of my favorites. And and just to let you know, I've been an Eminem fan for years now. I'm 20, and I remember listening to that song back in the day. And I want to ask you, what did you learn from working with Dr. Dre and Eminem as artists but also as business professionals? Um. Well,
1: one thing that I realized by working with them both is there's really a, re- a reason why they're at where they're at. It's not, it's not like an accident. Yeah. They are so not only talented, but like a pleasure to work with. You know, in any industry, people can't survive very long if they are total assholes, yep. you know? And, and so I realized that like, it's important to be enjoyable to
0: work with I love you that know? yeah when it comes to the way you write music do you have a certain place you go nowadays but also just throughout your career I know that you said that song came out of the cabin in the woods do you mm-hmm. still have places or rituals like that when you create or what does your life look like now when it comes to the way you create music
1: I'm always on um, an edge I'm always like <laughs> teetering and it's because i'm trying to work in this industry and i'm really sensitive anybody's negative comment affects me i take it personally I, i mean i don't have a thick skin as you would think like they say you have to have a thick skin you know to succeed in this industry because there is so much hate and negativity and jealousy but it's really hard to not be affected by negative comments not only by people online but like criticism from my own team and my own the people that I work with um it really gets in my head and so it's important for me to in order to stay in touch with again why I love music and and the romance that I have with music um it's important for me to not live in LA that's why I live up in Napa
0: yeah
1: um and to just like really check myself on when I'm letting somebody really get to me and because I like to relate it to like a painting an artist um where it's like you don't painters don't ask somebody to like hey pick up a paintbrush and and help me fix this painting yeah you know it's not like it's, it doesn't work like that most painters are, are on their own and they make their art the way that it is and if people don't like it through them you know and for some reason it's easy for me to think of it in in that metaphor and so um sometimes when I'm too in my head about what somebody said I have to think I have to remind myself like this is my painting yeah this is my art like fuck everybody else I love that you know but it's really hard for me to do but every day I have to catch myself and do that
0: yeah when it comes to just this past year 2020 What have you learned from this year and when it comes to your daily routine and what you're looking forward to with music, I'd love to have you catch us up on what you've been working on.
1: Well, yeah, man, this is such a weird year for music, but in a weird way, it's like really great for me because I never wanted to tour. I, I like, I like doing big shows. I love, I love going on stage with Eminem. I love, you know, doing like spot dates, but I don't want to be a road dog i don't like living on the road and covid shutting down touring has actually been um like a beneficial for me and it's put the focus more on like online marketing and stuff like that yep um and it allows me to stay home work in my studio and upload music uh whenever i feel like it um so that's kind of my ideal way to work to be honest and now that i don't have a label which you know, Interscope was great, but it just, it wasn't working out after a while. And um, to be able to just totally create freely and release freely is uh, the most liberating thing.
0: Yes. So you're completely independent right now. Uh huh. Very cool. What have you learned from working with labels? And what's your advice to aspiring artists? Because I've had a couple different, you know, Rick Ross and Wiz Khalifa's manager on the show. And we've talked about the music business and what they've learned from being in the industry. And I think you have a very interesting perspective there. But what's your advice to young artists when it comes to signing to labels versus being independent?
1: I mean, to me, like lab- labels are, they can be really great. Um, one thing they bring to the table is like when people hear you're signed to Interscope Records, you automatically have the stamp of legitimacy. Yeah. You know, um, and then they have a lot of contacts and ways that they can help promote your music, uh, attaching you to brands or, like, getting a brand endorsements for your videos. Um, and they also supply money; like, they they're basically loaning you money to make your art. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard because, especially like as a young female, for me, it was like really hard to not let myself get pushed around. By everybody who's who's an expert and thinks they know what's best for me, and um, it gets really confusing because you think like, oh, if I follow what this person says, I'm going to be successful. Yeah. If I follow what this person says, I'm going to be successful, and then you end up chasing all these things, and you lose yourself in it. You totally like lose your vision and your passion and your your artistry, um, and so like people always say, stay true to yourself and you know, I I guess I've heard that so many times, but I didn't really know what it meant until I went through something like this. And if I could go back in time and like really stay true to myself from day one, things would be different. But you know, I can't go back. So I'm just trying to clean up the mess now.
0: (laughs) I, I love that. When it comes to your your journey when it comes to big performances, what is that feeling like? You and Eminem walk on stage, packed arena, obviously not in 2020 right now, but just that energy and that moment. Do you have a particular moment that you look back on and it it just leaves you frozen in time or something you can reflect on as a highlight of your career where you would just look back and say, this was the day and I had this type of feeling that I'd love to share with someone and that is something I strive for everybody to get to.
1: Oh man, I mean, I feel that every time I walk out on stage with him, it is the most comfortable that I've ever been on stage. Yeah, uh, I I I do a lot of, or I did a lot of uh, like corporate gigs with small audiences, and like touring on my own. Uh, which was fun, but I, for some reason it, I was so much more nervous for those shows when they're more intimate. Being on stage in front of like a hundred thousand people, <laughs> there's nothing like it. Yeah, but it's it's so very odd how comfortable that is compared to an intimate environment. Okay, in an intimate environment, I feel more like I'm under a microscope. In a in a huge audience environment, I I don't know that to me is like. That's the best moment. I hope that every artist gets to feel that. Yeah. That ex- experience that. It's like, it's unreal. And to, to have that many people singing your words that you've created yep. back at you. It's like, that's that moment where you're like, this is what it's all about. I, I and it's a that. fucking drug and it's addicting and you want more and more of it, you know?
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally. No, absolutely. What would you tell your 17 year old self about your journey so far and what have been the biggest lessons that you've learned along your journey?
1: Uh, I mean, we, I feel like we talked a lot about that, but like just staying true to yourself. Like I would, I would go back to my 17 year old self and say, Hey, like, stay true to your vision. Don't let anybody push you off your path. Um, you know I, I do think that authenticity plays a huge role in the music that's successful in the world because people aren't stupid, they can see through it yeah. if you're taking it. if you're not the person that you're portraying eventually it it doesn't it doesn't work long term, you know, and so authenticity is a huge thing, and then um, I also think that people always put this emphasis on being unique and standing out um but I really believe the most unique person you can be is yourself. And so instead of trying to find all these different characters, like an experiment with all these different, you know, unique personas or whatever, it's like just look deeper inside Yeah. and, and expose that.
0: Yep. I love that. Who's a up and coming artist that you see a lot of potential in? Um...
1: Somebody I just discovered, uh, I think she's really great, is, I, I think I'm saying it right, Holly Humberstone.
0: Okay. I haven't heard of her.
1: Yeah, I just saw one of her music videos recently and I loved her vibe.
0: Okay. Um, I just looked her up. Okay, yeah, she's 20. And her 20.
1: voice. Holly, Holly Humberstone. Yep. Yeah, I, I really like her music. I love the, um the vibes. I love those like, 90s, grunge kind of influence i'm like a huge 90s grunge lover (laughs) and so to see that coming out in somebody who's 20 years old is like yeah exciting for me (laughs) very cool
0: i'll definitely check it out she seems super dope yeah when it comes to you spending time on social media and building your brand as an independent artist now how are you looking at the future of social media and streaming and just the music industry overall
1: I mean, I think that this whole COVID thing has really made people reevaluate and, like, adjust and and come up with new platforms and new ways to promote music. It's been, like, um, a huge learning and development experience for the industry. And uh, I don't don't know. I I think it's, I mean, for me, it works really well because, again, I don't love touring. Yeah. So being able to, like... I'm just trying to figure out my best platforms, yeah. the ones that work best for me. Because there are so many out there, um, and like streaming is never going away. It's always going to going to keep keep going and keep getting bigger. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: Um, at first, you know, like back in the Napster days, the whole online music thing was scary. But it's like with any Anything that happens in technology and in the world, like even TikTok, yeah. I like. Part of me hates it, and I feel like <laughs> my grandma talking about an answering machine. She's like, "What is this?" You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, if if you don't embrace it, it's gonna it's gonna happen. You can't stop it from happening. Yeah. You can't stop this new wave of technology from happening. I mean, I think we're gonna end up having virtual, like virtual reality concerts that are just like video games and yeah. people are going to be showing up in their own skins and and having parties with their friends in virtual in yeah. a virtual space
0: yeah no, you know, it's I so think interesting it's, it's,
1: it's pretty exciting to yeah. me honestly
0: yeah it's like you saw yeah. like travis scott did the the fortnight live concert and just seeing how that was able to happen. It's so fascinating to see where not only the music industry is going, but the potential of those type of experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Very cool. I I have a couple more questions before we wrap up. And one of them is just when it comes to your passions outside of music, where do you spend your time?
1: Uh, I love my kitties. I love animals (laughs) in general. Yeah. Um, So but my I have two cats right now. Used to have some sheep. Okay. But they all they all got eaten by mountain lions last year. Yeah. uh, it was terrible. It was like the most heartbreaking experience of my life. So sad. Um but I love animals so much. And then I'm super in love with my fiance and we make a lot of music together. Um I'm super into cocktails and wine. Okay. And like, you're in Napa, <laughs> the
0: heart of the, <laughs> the heart yeah, of the wine, yeah. Dolly. But
1: I, I just like to experiment with like different concoctions of like different liqueurs and making cocktails, like just like inventing things. Yeah. Um, what is Skylar Gray's I'm
0: number one go-to cocktail? One go-to
1: cocktail. <laughs> I'm really into Negroni's right now. Okay. But I, I, I do like, so it's like gin, Campari and, um, vermouth sweet vermouth okay uh and then i like to actually add either lemon or lime because i like it a little bit more acidic and i also have just started using um an alternate campari because campari is used with uh or is made with that red dye that's like really bad for you and so i've been (laughs) looking up um alternatives to it and i guess campari used to be made with red color used to come from a bug Wow. Called I can't remember what it was called, it's like a, it starts with a C. They used a diet with like bug juice. And then they thought start, they started using red 40 or whatever it's called. Yep. Um but then there's a company that now makes the original bug juice colored uh Campari. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> so, so I've been like getting into like finding alternate Liqueurs and stuff that are more naturally made, yep. and things like that. Hey, um, that,
0: that's very interesting. Yeah. Do you have a, yeah. a favorite book? I see your library behind you. Are you a reader?
1: Oh my god, no! So <laughs> no? <laughs> we bought we bought this house, and like this past year, and there were so many books in it, like thousands and thousands. They left everything behind. No way! <laughs> and so we've been like clearing them out slowly. Um. And just to like kind of make them look presentable, I just color coded
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. It looks amazing. I
1: don't, I don't know what any of those books are.
0: Okay. So not a reader. I love it.
1: But but I did read Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter.
0: Very cool. Love that. that. (laughs) Well, last question before we wrap up. And that is just moving forward into 2020. What are you excited about new music? Where is the best place for the listeners to follow you? And where can they tune in to your music?
1: Well, I think the best place to follow me is uh, the place I'm most active is Instagram. Okay. uh, As far as getting updates and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, I'm always trying to figure out how to expand my reach, especially not having a label now. And um, so when I drop a song, like, if anybody likes it, please share it. Totally. I don't think people understand how, how much it means to an artist to have their song shared by... Their fans and um, so so yeah, just like Spotify um, is also a good place to, to follow. I think you can actually I didn't even know that you can follow people on Spotify. Yep. Do so you get like notified if they drop a new song? I just am learning this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that would be a good place because I, I plan on releasing about a song a month. Oh wow. Um, I'd like to do it more frequently than that, but. It's just like you know, it's a lot of work to also yeah. get all the videos and the photos and the content done to surround it so that you can promote your your music. So yep. I'm working as fast as I can. Love um, that. Yeah, and I just hope to keep keep releasing music and and hopefully along the way, you know, maybe do some collaborations or get some stuff in some movies or something. Love that. Um yeah, that's the plan.
0: Very cool. Well, you have my support and everyone listening, please do me a favor, favor. If you're not already following Skylar on Instagram, I'll make sure to link that down below so that you can go do that. And that being said, Skylar, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much.